Hello and welcome to another Balance and Wellbeing podcast with Parents at Work. Today we're talking about getting off the super mum, super dad wheel, how to cease the do-it-all syndrome. When asked to draw a modern day parent, it's highly likely that most of us who are sitting in the trenches as parents would draw a mum or dad with a cape on their back, a device in one hand, spatula in the other, book in the other, and the person would probably appear stressed or at least have the I've got this, I think, look on their face. The demands and pressures come from all directions these days, the opinions and expectations from others, the inner critic, the picture-perfect media ideals, etc. It can be hard to cut through when you're juggling a bulging bag of life responsibilities and are looking for the answers anywhere you can get it. But when is enough enough? And at what point will we question the momentum we're living in? One that leaves us feeling shattered at the end of the year and ultimately affects our personal well-being and relationships. So in this final episode of the year, this is what we'll be talking about. My name's Sam Eddy. Um, I have a background in marketing, in financial services and leadership roles and retrained in psychology and counselling. And as always, my guest host, uh, sorry, my co-host Katie is joining me again today. Katie Walls, how are you? I'm good. Hello, everyone. And Katie, given us the last episode, did you want to just remind everyone of your background as well? Yeah, sure. I've got a complementary healing background and background in corporate human resources. Um, so, yeah, very much looking at well-being, well-being in the workplace, well-being in our families and overall well-being for our bodies. Great. Thanks for that. And um, we've come to the end of the year and it's, I guess, I guess a lot of parents are probably feeling pretty exhausted. You know, they've made it to November, Christmas is coming up, there's lots going on. So, I guess that temptation to before we were kind of almost in it, the sort of the, the silly season, as it's so called, um, is upon us. You know, school's finishing up, holidays are going to be coming and there's lots of things to be done. So that whole idea of that super mum, super dad is probably even more pervasive now at the end of the year, but it can be even more uh, a tougher thing to endure because people have less energy because we're kind of almost burnt out from a really busy year. Absolutely. I mean, what comes to mind for you when, when we when you think about this topic, Katie? I think I think what's interesting is just reflecting on this year in itself. More people saying, "Where is the year gone?" It, it just feels like it's gone so fast. But not only adults; kids are saying it, and I don't recall that in my childhood. I recall, you know, going pretty slow, waiting for Christmas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So therefore, we're obviously jamming more into our time and placing more expectations on ourselves, um, you know, regardless of our age, because the curriculum's definitely increasing um, with what's required from kids to complete, and therefore parents are keeping up with that, um, let alone their own agendas and what's happening and um, what's happening in the workplace. So it's a good time to take stock and kind of reflect on that and and just be our own gauge of how much we want to play in that whole wheel that keeps spinning. Um, so that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, well, it's so true, isn't it? Um, and it's it's a good time to reflect. So I guess if you're listening and if you've been listening along with us for hopefully um, the episodes this year, it's a, it's a, it is a really good time, particularly before it gets you know <laughs> super busy in December as well with all these obligations and engagements. To try and slow down and think, okay, well, what, what's gone on this year? Where am I at? You know, what's going on with the kids? How am I personally? How are my stress levels? Am I feeling tension in my body? We often talk about this stuff um, 
don't we, Katie, around yeah. physical symptoms of stress, tension. So it's maybe a good time just to kind of take a breather. I'm sort of doing it as we're speaking um, and just sort of think, you know, how how is the tension in my body? Have I been kind of hitting autopilot and running around? Um, have the obligations built up with, um, you know, parents perhaps we're looking after, our grandparents, our friends, um, all the obligations with school, kids, as you say, the curriculum's really ever-increasing. There's always the um, out-of-school responsibilities. Um, I was speaking to some teachers recently and they were talking about leaving their role um, because um, of all the you know, out-of-school commitments they had to do as a teacher just to be there on the weekends, etc. with their kids. So there's just so much going on that's leading to this feeling that perhaps parents have to do it all and be that super mum and super dad. And Katie, when we were, before we came online, we were talking about, and you mentioned how, I guess, a good gauge of this is how the kids are traveling, you know, whether or not we're trying to really pull on this super mum, super dad hat and how detrimental it can be is reflected in the kids' well-being. Definitely. And um, just with what you were saying before, Sam, with there's a lot of functions and things on at this time of year, we don't have to go to everything. And often that's part of the autopilot. It's, it's like we get an invitation to something, well, yeah, okay, we'll just do it, we'll do it. But if we step back and we look at the family unit as a whole and what everyone's got on, um, you know, the parents shouldn't miss out on, on what is important to them, likewise with, with the kids. But just looking at what, what is being scheduled, what is being asked of, and it's fine to say no. It's fine to say to some things, actually, we, we just can't. That's just going to have such a ripple on effect if we say yes to going to too many things or putting too much in the diary. So, you know, being your own family manager in that regard, um, and often it can just slip in. So mum might say yes to this, dad might say yes to this, and Joey's got these commitments, etc. and you sit down and you, you kind of get together as family and go, whoa, how are we going to do all this logistically? So it's just being in the front of that um, and in advance, just having a little call, often you've got an indication of what's coming up. Um, so what's practical and what fits in and what's not going to have a ripple on effect so that they're, you know, you're not all the day before Christmas or Christmas Eve going, oh gosh, I feel exhausted because uh, that takes quite a bit for the body to get over. Oh, it's such a good point. And I had um, an opportunity to go to another Christmas event um, myself and mm. myself and my partner were talking about it and then we're like, and, and we're sort of saying yes out of obligation, kind of as you, as you were indicating, Katie, and the, in the idea of saying no, it sort of takes a bit of um, present mind, present moment awareness to be able to actually say no and go, oh, hang on. You know, there's too much going on. I can't go to it all and I will be exhausted and I will cop it. And of course, kids will suffer too um, around us, anyone around us, including the kids will suffer if we're, if we're so busy and stressed. So I think it is a great opportunity, as you say, for people at this time before where perhaps all the commitments have been locked away or even if there's some stuff that you've committed to, to perhaps revising and going, actually, I need to free up that time. Yeah. We will feel it. Um, even I think we'll, we're planning our own christmas day celebration and we've just changed it because um we have something with family members on boxing day and christmas and we used to do something late in the afternoon on christmas day and then um, go straight into boxing day and we're just feeling exhausted so we've just changed it up doing something short pretty contained that should be fun but in the morning on christmas day and then having the rest of the day day free just to chill fantastic Um, 
So we've I've sort of tried to take that approach myself, but it is hard, isn't it? Mm, yeah, you've, you've got to utilise the muscle. It, it, it's like that if we've been on autopilot, so to speak, meaning, yeah, if we get an invitation, we just automatically say yes, then it is practising and, and um, strengthening that muscle to go, you know what, this is the ripple on effect it's going to have. So it's actually taking responsibility. And what's great with that as we start to do that Others around us go, oh, gosh, you know, it's great that you said that. I didn't even think of, you know, possibly not going or or to look at the consequences that follow if, if we've got everything jammed in. Um, and people don't want you to be tired. People, you know, often it's, you know, we'll invite everyone or we'll invite people. We don't want them to feel they're missing out, et cetera. But in that, there's, you know, if you're hosting an event, you don't want that to be the result that people are coming because they they feel obligated and the more we don't buy into that because we have but the more we don't buy into it it gives others the opportunity also to go you know that's great that makes total sense yeah i'd mm. like to start introducing that more as well and often it can be in, um, at the start of a great conversation, that kind of almost well-being converse, conversation between a couple of people. So if you sort of were speaking to someone who's invited you and you say, look, I just can't, I've got, I'd love to come, but I've got, you know, so much stuff on that I just need that time and space yeah. just to wind down. Often it can open the space for them to go, to really check in with them how they're going. And they're like, oh, actually, yeah, that's interesting because there is a lot going on, isn't there? So it can kind of you know, be almost a catalyst for real awareness to step off the busy train, Absolutely. to step out of the super parent role and go, to... yeah, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say we've got to start somewhere because if we keep coming to the end of the year and saying, oh, you know, each year I'm saying I want more space or I don't want to feel the way I'm feeling now or I want my well-being to have more priority, we have to shift something because it's not going to just happen. And often we'll connect, we can start instigating things and do really well for three or four days or a week or two weeks and then start to slip with that. You know, then it is coming back and going, yeah, if I don't create this space, it's not, it's not going to shift. Um, mm. so it's and it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a cycle or almost um, um, the work, so the more we commit to, then the worse we get. So if we're, if we're rocking up to all these events, um, then we're already tired, so we're more likely to maybe drink a bit more yeah. because we need that escape. And eat, so then eat we a have bit more. eat a bit more, <laughs> indulge in it, we'll feel even worse the next yeah. day, and then you want to escape again the next time because yeah. you're sort of feeling not, not a bit bad about yourself yeah. potentially. The guilt builds up, and so and that whole the whole idea of being busy. I think we've probably talked about this a lot, Katie, but. You know, often it's almost like a badge of honor. I've got all these Christmas functions to go to, and you sort of. So it's on one level we sort of don't want it, but then it's the it's very good at picking up on the ego and the ego going, yeah, I've got all this, you know, I've got to go to these things. There's lots on at work. I'm going to the fifth Christmas party at work, and and the, and the ego is very good at getting in there and going, no, 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 this you, know, you need to go to all these things. It's important, you yeah. know, blah blah blah. And yeah, so relationship building, well. etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's it's so true. And then we've got to stop and go, hey, what are our priorities though? Hmm. And it is a, it's a lifestyle adjustment. That's what I'm hearing from what you're saying, Sam. It's like you, we will feel certain things come up, um, you know, that there's certain little prompts of, oh, if I'm not, yeah, if I'm not relationship building that way, then perhaps I'm going to lose instead with et cetera, et cetera, whatever it happens to be. You might even realize you've got these underlying thoughts happening as to why you keep overcommitting or 
um, not really expressing what you're truly feeling and being honest with with when when you feel to go somewhere and when you don't feel to go somewhere. So that that has to shift as well. It's like you you can't have it all. Otherwise, it'll be the next year the same thing happening. So there have to be some little shifts. But if we don't try it, if we don't see what it feels like, it's not actually going to change. And I think it's great as a parent to, um, you know, be that reflection for our kids to say, otherwise they're going to just be doing the same thing. Say, you know, I'd love to go here and I'd love to do that, but this is the consequence that's going to happen. So what's important to us as a family in relation to this? And if you're, if you're really tired, your kids are most likely really tired as well. And, and by talking like that, then they all start to feel it in their bodies as well. Otherwise, we just keep going, overriding, overriding, and it doesn't feel so mm. great. No, it's so true. And in the, uh, in the um, coaching work I do, Katie, often when I'm talking with parents about their, um, you know, perhaps behavioral issues or tensions that are coming up with their kids, the first question I always ask is, well, you know, how are you? And how's the environment at home? What's going on? How busy is life? And it doesn't take long to then realise that those patterns of that we're um, doing ourselves, perhaps as parents, or you know, incorporating at life, at work, the busyness, the stress, um, trying to do everything it is is reflected back in kids' behaviour because yeah. they will give you messages, won't they? Very loud as well, messages. We body... <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Sometimes right. way too loud. <laughs> Yes, and it's such an opportunity if we can see it, isn't it, to um, really go, okay, well, what's going on here? And, I mean, you've talked about this a lot, about how, you know, what's going on here? How do we pause and reflect and use it as an opportunity to try and readjust lifestyle more fundamentally? Absolutely. So if we look at, well, what is super mum? What is super dad? When you hear that sound, what comes to mind? What are we talking about here? I think it's um, achieving. So achieving so much and, and it's very much an external view. So as a parent looking out, it's I've got to achieve this in my work. I've got to work hard. I've got to pull my weight at work, but I've also got to achieve and keep my career on track and keep moving forward. I've got to have – I want my kids to be successful. I want them to be achieving. I want them to be doing. I want them to be learning. I want them to be growing. Um, we've got to have the material – things as well like we've got to have a really comfortable home you know kids can't want want for any material possessions um, and we've got to sort of keep up with the rest of society and, and the rest of the world and we're kind of judging ourselves based on what everyone else is doing so we're kind of pushing 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 and trying to do more and kind of and, and that leads then to these these feelings of dissatisfaction over time burnout um, our parents at work recently, recently commissioned a survey, I think, of over 6,000 families and over 60% of parents were reporting that they were unable really to look after their own physical and mental well-being. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that constant obligation in all areas of life trying to do and achieve and losing complete perspective on how it's impacting their own health and well-being but also their health and well-being of their kids. So that's mm -hmm. what... I feel that super parent trap is, if you like. I love that summary and listening to it, it's exhausting, which <laughs> which most of the population are feeling, right? So totally makes sense. <laughs> but that's yeah. a really comprehensive, awesome summary. And, and what we can also hear in that is that I want, 
in relation to if I put that hat on as a super parent, I want to make sure my kids have this. I want to make sure they have these opportunities. But so much of that is coming from I want. Where is the space for our kids to be themselves in that? And then how imposing is super parenting? Because we're wanting all of this, but are we actually, you know, is there the space in all of that? Because that sounds so busy and I just get this picture of, um, I don't know what it's called, but you know, when someone, and you don't see it very often these days, but someone's juggling plate, uh, plates on sticks. Like, yes. And you can have six of them going or eight of them. Spinning the crazy. plates. Or, yeah. And then yes. you go to one and you're spinning that little stick so that plate keeps spinning. Then you've got to run over here and spin that plate. And then if you don't run back in time, that plate's going to smash off. And that's that's life for for a lot of you know a lot of us that's that's what it feels like especially when you've got a busy day and you've got all those aspects going but I just could feel how complicated we're making parenting and that super parenting aspect when we've you know when the baby's born we've already got all of these pictures of Mm -hmm. what their their life is going to be because we don't want them to make the same mistakes we've made we want them, again, it comes back to I want. We, we want them to have opportunities that perhaps we haven't had. We don't want them to go through the tough times that we've been through. But what if, you know, what's their learning? What's their path in that? And if, if they're going, you know, if they want to have things that are very different to us with paper, perhaps what they're doing as a career, et cetera, is there room for that? Or are we already imposing in the super parenting model um, for them not to be themselves. And when you look at the statistics of child depression, it's it's really scary. So I was I was kind of sitting with that the other day and where I came to was we're not really allowing kids to have space to just listen and be there. We're so quick into providing answers and fixing it and being the super parent that they often feel they don't actually have space just to be themselves. And that's a huge tension. Um, and when you look at um, the drugs that are being introduced now, the accessibility of that, the drinking at a much earlier um, age, it's to take the edge off and, and mm. to have a relief. So I, I just feel if we're really wanting to be a super parent, to me, if I look back and my kids now are 22, um, 18, sorry, just turned 19 and 17, it would be really sad if I haven't given them space to be who they are. And I'm nowhere near perfect with that. But it was, it was more of a really strong realisation now, especially at this teenage years, hearing what's going on for them. Um, a wide group and the, the suicide rate, which is increasing, I'm hearing it in the small circle of friends that, that I've got, um, than it is, you know, kids to, to have the space to be themselves. And that starts at a younger age. And it's very pertinent when we're talking about super parenting. I really love what you're saying there, Katie, and there's just so many important topics that you've raised, and I I guess I really like, in summary, if I'm sort of playing back to you, the idea of space, what you've talked about with space almost being part of the solution, I suspect. I know that's something I talk about a lot in my work, but it's really finding space in your life just to really figure out, well, what's important to you where did all these values and drivers come from as you say when a baby comes along we've already got kind of got these inbuilt pictures these values these priorities for their life but also for our life and we've got these definitions of success so I think it is important to find the space in your life to sit down and you know why not towards the end of the year do it to reflect and go well hang on what what are the drivers here what 
where did this notion that I need my kids to be doing X, Y, and Z and I needed to be achieving this, this, and this in my job? It doesn't mean we throw everything out. It just means we go, okay, I didn't realize that perhaps this version of success has been influenced by perhaps the media, values of my parents. Often we say, I'm never going to do that as a parent. And then um, often parents, mm-hmm. you know, are clearly doing what their parents were doing, even yeah. though they sort of swore they never would. So often the messages we're absorbing, whether it be from when we're growing up ourselves, but also the media, other parents, what everyone else is achieving at work and doing, can kind of set us on this road to being that super parent and to ultimately, you know, burning out effectively, which is those results of the survey I mentioned before reflecting, but also in all those examples you talked about with the kids, kids are burning out before they've even hit adulthood. So it's, I guess, that whole concept of really creating that space or that inner space for yourself, the calm, to really slow life down a little, to start to get a hold of where you're at at the moment with all this stuff but also hold that space for your kids so they can really be themselves so they can come to you with what their current reality is really like, perhaps if you've disconnected a little, little bit because it um, that space is so important and it's something that we don't have a lot. I think that's probably leading to everyone reporting that they're feeling so tired. Yeah, and if we don't have the space, we will disconnect. We will go into super parenting. We will go into wanting to fix it. Because it takes space to observe someone, to, you know, check in, to actually read where they're at, what's going on for them. And we miss out. We miss out big time with that. So um, it's just like yesterday, there were different things on and my husband and I had a chat and we said, actually, we just need a day together. And and just today as a family, just to, and it was great. We we, um, took a few things out of the diary and rescheduled something for a few weeks' time and it was exactly what was needed and you could feel the reset in that and then waking up this morning and feeling quite refreshed and ready for the week versus if we hadn't given ourselves that when we could feel that was clearly what was needed, it would have felt quite different waking up this morning. So, Mm. you know, this concept of thinking we're missing out or, or whatever that may be, we're missing out if we're not actually listening to what we need. Absolutely. And again, sometimes it, it's just a bit scary um, going first and, and putting it into practice and then it's like, no, I'm not compromising because you feel the benefit in your body. You feel less anxious in your body. You feel more organized and more ready for what the day has. Um, so then you go, yeah, no, that, that's not something that we're going to compromise on. So at times you, you don't have that luxury to that extent, but it, it's like you know when you need to lead, need to listen to it. So what do you think on, on it? I mean, I mean, that sounds really lovely and I could almost feel that um, that re- relaxation, you know, mm. when you've made that decision just from how you mm. spoke about it. And, just, and I can know in myself when you do change things up and you have time with your partner, which often is the thing that disappears, goes to the bottom of the list yeah. when we're busy. Um, so how on a practical level do you recommend to clients or to try and get into to find this space to sort of slow down hopefully if people are listening they might have hopefully we've made the case for this well yeah. enough to people to go okay look it's something I want to do I, you know I am you know doing too much and we should probably also say that look people are doing it not from a bad place <laughs> no. this achieving is coming from a good place but it, it can ultimately be destructive so absolutely that's a really do? good point Sam because hmm. that's what we're seeing and that's that the intentions are absolutely absolutely founded on wanting to, to do the right thing or provide the right environment 
But if we listen to our body, and this is what's so beautiful, the body never lies. So our head's feeding us with all of the pictures and, and a lot of that societal base of what we should be doing to be a good parent then why is it that if we look at the statistics of that survey, if that was true, if that was good, and if if there was cred in the super parenting um, role model, we wouldn't be feeling, the, the statistics wouldn't be there of people feeling I'm not addressing my health and well-being aspect to the level I need to. And we would be feeling more vitalised and we wouldn't have the rates of depression, anxiety in all ages that we do. So that's where we've got to stop and go, okay, my head's feeding me all these thoughts and pictures of what's right, but I know it's not working. So something's got to shift here. And even if we don't know where to start, that's cool. The fact that you've had that realization of going, something's got to shift. And you know what? Mm. I'm going to have to be different here. I'm going to have to step out of what the normal is because the normal's not working and the normal's not supportive. So we could say it's normal to have a few drinks um, during the week and that's okay, etc. Well, that might be normal for someone and that might be okay for them. But if your body is, is anxious, is tired and depleted, it's not your normal. So then we've got to go, okay, I've got to create my normal. I don't really know what that is because I've just been doing what everyone else is doing, what I'm told to do and what I'm seeing or should be doing. So we've got to give ourselves that space to practice and work out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. So I just suggest... We don't have to go the whole hog, but just if you go this week, what do I, if I look at my diary and I'm going, that looks exhausting to me, what's jumping out as the thing that is the most exhausting or the thing that you really don't want to do? And then stop and go, why have I committed to that then? Is it something of uh, an aspect of my job that I have to do? Is it something that could be delegated to someone else? Is it something that perhaps needs a few more people inputting? to produce the work that's needed, etc. If it's um, that you've overcommitted with taking kids to after-school activities, what activity could be dropped? What activity perhaps could the kids miss out on that week? Because it shouldn't be a detriment to you. Because if mm. you're not full, you don't have what's needed to run the family, to hold the family, to support the family. Yeah. So even if they don't do that activity for that week, that's no problem. And then if you've got a few kids next week, who can miss out on their activity next week so that it's not a case of everyone missing out each week, but it's a rotating aspect of we've got to pull back here. And then you get to just feel what that feels like in your body just by taking a few things out or reallocating responsibilities so that you might have a default of always being the person that does it. But why? Perhaps that's not right anymore. Perhaps that was okay six months ago, but now you might be doing more or there might be other resources available and other people available to support. So it's, it's starting on that level is, is, is a suggestion. Mm, I think that's great. I love the idea of reviewing you know, your sort of weekly calendar and going, well, what, hang on, why am I doing this stuff? You know, what can I perhaps pull out? How can I ensure that my own cup's full first so you've got the energy to, to be the parent you want to have the time? I think... That's really, you know, it's really sage advice, Katie. So hopefully, you know, for those listening, it will resonate. I would just add to that. I, I talk a lot about well-being anchors in my work. So what do you have, say, three points in your week that are going to anchor you back into well-being for yourself in, you know, just to adding on to that idea of filling your own cup up first so that you've got the energy you need? Um, I talk about, say, physical health. Are you, are you, have you got the time to go for a run, go for a walk? 
Is it going to a gym class? Um, you know, what about your mind? Often when our mind is racing and going at a thousand miles an hour, it's hard to sort of get out of autopilot and and stop the commitments and stop the doing. So is there something that an activity you engage in and enjoy that really slows the thinking down? Often it's doing the stuff we love that we would normally love and that can be an escape. Perhaps it's catching up with a, a friend who you can just, you know, debrief, get out of your own head a bit around life and then help that can help you reprioritize or maybe it is meditation or um, doing something like that. And then the other thing is doing stuff you love. So prioritizing those things in your week. So if you've got three things, say, in your week that – just anchor you because you will get busy. You will, you know, maybe overcommit from time to time. Um, and, you know, your kids will reflect back to you that, you know, gee, they're struggling too. So when you have these realizations, do you have the well-being anchors in your life built into your week where you can then have that space for yourself, that thinking space, so then you can readjust as you go along? Um, does that make sense, Katie? Just uh, to absolutely, and it could, and and just um, adding to that as well, you know, it could be just going for a family walk, or instead of racing around going to the shops on a Sunday afternoon, saying I'm really tired, I'm actually going to have a sleep, or you know, having a shorter sleep and and then going to the shops so that you're you're first listening to your body. Um, you know, I love the anchors; um, it's super important, and then and seeing how that feels. Mm. Yeah, that idea of sleep sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as you say, it can just be a short sleep because yeah. when, it, when we're tired, you're right, I'm just going to push through and go to the supermarket. Yeah. So I think it's a great example. Yeah. Whereas I could just have, really support myself by just going, just having a nap yeah. 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is, and then going and doing what you need to That's do. That's it because so often you go, I don't have time. I don't have time to do that. But what if we create time, see what it feels like, even set the alarm for 20 minutes, and then feel what your body feels like and then go shopping and just see, see if it works for you. But mm. we won't know until we try. Indeed. And look, you know what, I guess what a great topic to finish on because um, it's, it's you know, doing it all, trying to achieve, particularly this time of year, is it's such a, a tempting thing to latch onto, the whole super parent idea, particularly when we're reflecting on the year and maybe comparing ourselves with others. So hopefully this has um, been of use to people. And I guess, Katie, given it's our last episode for the year, is there anything else you wanted to share or reflect on before we disappear Just, yeah, in 2019? Look, really, yeah, listen to your particular body. And if you're waking up feeling stressed, feeling anxious, feeling depleted, something has got to give. Um, otherwise it'll be yeah, another year get to the new year resolutions if you're into that and it usually is the same list um, but we the, the small shifts make a big difference so it can be a little overwhelming when you look at everything that you're not content with perhaps but if you just focus on one area one thing and then kind of nail that and then take another step from there and it does create space absolutely how about you, mm. Sam? What would you say in, in um, a wrap-up for the year and everything that's been talked about? Yeah, look, I love that. Um, just, you know, touching base with your inner body. Your body is a good mirror of life, so knowing, noting the tension in your body is great. So I think that's advice I just support, Katie. And I'd also say, you know, if you're looking for wellbeing anchors and you've enjoyed the episodes, you know, perhaps ref or if you haven't listened to them all, just reflect on the episodes perhaps that we've done because we always talk about wellbeing anchors in some form. We also It's always an opportunity just to slow down and reflect and sometimes hearing what other people are doing 
other examples can be useful. So, um, you know, feel free to re-listen to a lot of the balance and wellbeing podcasts that we have done because they are, they can be that opportunity just to slow down as you're having a cup of tea to reflect and go, yep, I just need to kind of alter things just slightly and slow things down and create that space to really help support me as a parent, but also in my career more generally. Beautiful. And um, look, we'd love to hear from you if there's any topics or aspects that you've struggled with this year or would like to um, discuss going forward, please email into Parents at Work and um, we'd love to integrate that into the topics for next year. Awesome. Well, it's good to have talked to you again this year and thank you for being an awesome host as always. Yeah, love the time. (laughs) Thank you, Sam. And looking forward to um, having everyone join us online again next year. Yeah. Goodbye, everyone. Take care. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to another great podcast proudly brought to you by Parents at Work. We hope you feel inspired and you've got some fresh practical ideas to help you with your work-life balance. If you like what you've heard, please share it with others and subscribe to the Parents at Work podcast page. And remember, if you need extra support or would like to send us your feedback, please email info at parentsatwork.com.au.